Welcome to the Collective Gamers Podcast. Today's Sunday, November 13th. This is episode 180. My name, as always, is Tony. And my name is Dennis. And let me start by thanking our Patreons. Uh, we have new Patreons, and so let's go ahead. Yeah, we like to put it at the at the top. We have two new at the intermediate support tier. That would be John and Scott. So thank you, John and Scott, for joining the Eclectic Gamers Podcast Patreon. As a reminder to individuals, if you're not yet supporting this podcast via Patreon, you can by going to patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. And we have tiers as low as $1 a month in which you get to see, experience, see, witness the fruitfulness of the Baby's First series, which we just dropped a new one earlier this month. Baby's First. Baby's First. Uh, uh, baby's First Reveal. I wonder who might have had their Baby's First Reveal. Ah. You'll have to join the Patreon to find out. So what's been going on, Tony? Um, nothing important. It's been work. I've just been, I have been absolutely buried in stuff mm. between, uh, I know I've mentioned in the past, I'm taking college, I'm taking some more college classes. I'm doing, I, I, I've just been busy. It's been, I haven't done much extra of anything. Um, yeah. We went out and had lunch and played pinball on Friday for Veterans Day because you were like, I just need a break. Yeah, I 100% was <laughs> like... You didn't say that until I... Well, you're like, hey, I'm going to go out and, and for lunch. And I was like, yeah, I can meet you. I, yeah, I have the day off. And I get there, you're like, I just needed a day of not that. Yeah, I just needed... I needed something. I, I, need, I needed a break. So uh, I'm, I'm, I've been considering... I've got a bunch of time off right at the end of the year um, that I have to burn... Uh, so I took off between Christmas and New Year's, mm. and I, I, I'm 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 still in the debate thing. But one of the nearby state parks has um, heated cabins oh. that you can get that that you can take a pet to. So I've been half tempted to just get it for like a week and just take my dog mm. and go and just primitive ish set no phones no electronics no nothing just chill mm. been thinking about it imagine how your dog would do at denali national park alaska in the winter oh just saying yeah <laughs> Where that that's hope. a little much for me <laughs> okay well it's been a it's been a while and you've never been in the i've winter. never been in the winter i would like to go in the winter but it, it was, my, it's my current my current goal <laughs> My, my my current bucket list item is I still intend to drive to Alaska at some point. Mm. That is on my short list. That's of and you've had that on your list I want for years and years. I've had that on my list since we went to Alaska, mm -hmm. which so, was we went in. Was it ninety seven or ninety nine? Ninety nine. Okay, it was ninety nine. Yeah, I'd also gone in ninety seven. I yeah. And for those that don't know, I have I have family that live in Alaska, so. It wasn't all that unusual to occasionally go, though. I yeah. think I've only been maybe four times. So yeah, no, I, I that that that's on my that's on my short list, but that's mm. that's going to be a a after you know the kids are out of school and stuff type item. Yes, well that makes sense. So, but no, I've not really been doing too horribly much. Had a lot of fun playing some pinball on Friday, though. Yes, I went and just this morning uploaded my scores to the Pendigo that I took the photos of because my I set a new high score for me for Harlem Globetrotters and 
I think that was a Deadpool premium. Yeah. Uh, and you had a real good score on Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool was, was pretty good. Um, for me, it was at least. Yeah. It, it, both of them were, I wasn't sure if they were my highest, but when I looked in the app, they were. So I, was like, I had a good. really, really good stranger things game. You did. You typically do though. It seemed at least compared to me, I can't get anything going on, on stranger things. I, I really like, and they've got the, they've got the, it, they've got the premium with the black light and everything. So it looks good. And it, and I know the creator of the of the rule set for Rush. I played Rush again several times, and I did get another achievement. I didn't have any great games. I might have had one of my. I should have taken the photo of it because I I may have had one of my best games on it. It still wasn't good at all. Like it was still sub fifty million. Mm-hmm. But um, he put out a tutorial. But I remember thinking that day once you said you were going to go, I was like, I bet they still have Rush. Maybe I should watch the tutor- tutorial. But then I looked, and the tutorial was twenty minutes. It's like. I don't want to spend 20 minutes watching. And then I think there's now a second tutorial. So I, maybe Which, the, maybe the game is hard to learn. I'm not sure when maybe you have, there's an issue when you have, I'm not I'm, well, issues relative. I'm sure for homeowners, uh, being able to dive that deep is great, but I don't know if it takes me, if it's going to take like over a half hour to learn the rules. Uh, you know, Harlem took me like 30 seconds to learn the rules. See what I'm right. saying? So, so anyway, uh, but of course, some of that's just watching that happen on the screen, I'm sure. This is a very good player. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I haven't really been doing much other than we went in and did the pinball thing. I did, unfortunately, and we just uh, talked about this before I started. I found out last night that my paternal grandfather passed away last night. And I'm going to tell a little bit of a story here. So obviously, um, I'm going to be a little more somber today than I normally would. So just sort of a, a declaration on that is the reason why. But... Uh, it's pinball related. And I don't know if I've, you know, what people sometimes say, what's your pinball origin story? And I don't know if I've ever shared mine, but it relates to my grandpa. So I'm going to go ahead and share it here because I thought, why not? Good time, kind of good memory thing. So um, for I think for a lot of people that get in the hobby of pinball, they remember playing pinball in an arcade. I don't. I I'm sure I did. I'm sure I experienced pinball at Showbiz Pizza. For those that don't know, Showbiz is kind of, was kind of like what Chuck E. Cheese is. Uh, I didn't get to arcades very much because I lived in a rural area. So that was only like special events or you'd see like uh, games, street level games, like at a Walmart or a gas station or something. But usually those were arcade games. And that's what always drew me. Like I played Dragon's Lair and Asteroids and and Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers and Sinistar. I, if I played pinball, I probably drained really quick and was like, why am I spending 50 cents to get my butt kicked. I would rather spend 25 cents and get my butt kicked sort of thing. Cause you know, you last longer uh, when you're not good. So anyway, but my grandpa back then, he still lived at what, what we called the farmhouse because he was still an active farmer. So he, he and my grandma lived, lived in Arkansas. He was a chicken farmer primarily for Tyson. And she worked at the, like, at the slaughterhouse for Tyson. And so they had a farm and I think they sold the farm probably when I was in middle school and got the the house that my grandma now still lives in. And, but at the farmhouse, there was like this little toy pinball machine. I mean, toy pinball machine. It wasn't like all these other people, the other story of people who don't remember pinball from the arcades are, yeah, my dad or my uncle or my grandpa had like a real, like they got a real electromechanical pinball. This was not that. I don't remember the size. I mean, as a kid, it felt bigger to me than I'm sure it was, but as near as I can, I can't remember the name of it. I think both of the flipper buttons controlled one large flipper that was at the bottom. This is like one flipper. 
And I believe it was a space theme. And the way the score worked is it was on a reel and you had to twist the reel and go like a ratchet and and turn (laughs) it like a bezel on a watch to reset it back to zero manually. And I think I vaguely remember putting my hands under it while it would activate the the pops or whatever on it because it would uh, in true and or fashion electrocute me if I I had the battery power or whatever. Uh, You know, that tickle electrocution. Right. But I just remember, you know, thinking a really interesting scene, how it interacted and the score would advance when the ball would touch things. And it was just one of those things that I didn't have at home that just sort of stuck with me. And I must have told that story at some point to... Uh, Eric, my brother-in-law, because he and my sister years ago, 2012, were out at our, what we used to call the Dirt Mall, Great Mall of the Great Plains in Olathe, and they had a video game store that was going out of business, and in there was an electromechanical pinball machine that was for sale, and so my sister texted me and said, hey, Eric saw that there was this pinball machine for sale at this place that's closing, and remembered that you mentioned, you know, remembering pinball from the farmhouse in Arkansas, and that was my first pinball machine. I went and bought it. That was Skylab. So that is my pinball origin story. I can't remember if I ever shared it. Maybe, maybe on another show. I don't think I ever really discussed well, it. Not- I don't, I don't find it all that interesting normally to people, but I'm in a reminiscing mood. Yeah. So I thought. Because you've shared it. the Skylab, the purchase of the Skylab. Oh God. Now that was baby's first purchase was bad. <laughs> baby's first purchase. Dennis didn't know. Dennis didn't know what he didn't know. I transported that thing on its legs back box sticking way up two little bungee cords like we're talking (laughs) full-on subreddit idiots and cars accident (laughs) waiting to happen it was starting to rain i'm on the interstate the tarp is whipping almost Uh, anyway that was none of that has to do with the farmhouse in arkansas all of that has to do with oh the legs come off like the sellers didn't in my defense they're just like put back up to the back of this loading dock where you could uh, you know, immediately walk it into the bed. They didn't explain anything like, oh yeah, you should probably take this off its legs because it's super top heavy and stuff. Like I didn't really lift it until I got home. <laughs> I was like, how am I supposed to get this down? These seem impossible. And of course I broke it in the, pro- not, I didn't drop it, but like I bent a switch or something in the process of moving it. Cause that's when I had to start learning how to fix them. Cause I like the start button when working more, cause the switch actually got bent and closed. So it was constantly in contact. So it was resetting every game. Right. Cause it thought I was pushing the start button all the time. Anyway, weird. Uh, I had that game for a long time. You did. But uh weird experience. So anyway, speaking of pinball, let us move. I do not have much here. And this time it, I really mean it. it well, it's that time. Of <laughs> and year. I'm not going to drag it out. So, uh, first item is really the only news item. This is per Nap Arcade, and I do have a link in our show notes so people can go and read up on this. Uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to read <laughs> because it's just uh, Tony's. For those I don't know, and how could you? Because you're not seeing the YouTube version because you guys don't pay enough Patreon money for that. The um, Tony has removed his glasses and he's doing the eye rubby thing. I just read the note. Yes. So per Nap Arcade, Chicago gaming company, CGC. It now sounds like they may not be shipping the LE versions of Cactus Canyon remake until sometime in 2023. For those that don't recall, this was the game that was revealed at the 2021 pinball expo. They have been shipping standard editions for quite a while now, but there has, there had been an issue (laughs) with building the toppers, getting the stuff to build the toppers that had staggered it this long. From what I can tell from, the article that Naps put together purportedly the issue now is something may need to be reworked. Now, is if it, this is it, an, it means that means 
The rumor corner from last time is correct. When mm. they built the toppers, they're too big. They don't set on. They they they, they expand uh, out over the top of the thing. I mean, we you heard you it know, here first. The you, toppers are too large for the machine. There's too big. Somebody somebody messed up the conversion from uh, uh, imperial to metric mm. when they sent it over to get the to get them built, and then they were all built, and they're too big. Too big. It's just it's you just know, terrible. I. Obviously, that metric that metric imperial conversion will get you every time. It would, it would. I wonder how many pinball people can even work in metric. That, that was judgmental. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I, they probably can. They <laughs> probably probably can. all of them that aren't in America. <laughs> that's a fair point. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's the, uh, obviously if it's just the LEs, you would think it's the topper because what else was there? Everything else. I mean, there were a few other add-on things, but. There's also the SE pluses, which I'm assuming are likewise delayed. So unless it's something else like a trim thing in it, which you would have thought they'd they'd been saying the only issue was the toppers up until this point. So now you I agree. I think it's gotta be topper related. It's topper related. Holy to crap. What a bad I mean, CGC is already notorious as b- probably being the slowest of the major manufacturers at actually building and shipping. They've always had this rep like, to, uh, let's include reveal. And I mean, JJP has had some slow reveals, but right. when everyone knew it was monster bash remake, remember how long it took for that thing to come out. And then it was just, anyway, I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's unfortunate for, I, again, um, people must have incredible patience to continue to wait at this point. But when you're at a year, I mean, it's a long yeah. time. And, and these individuals did not. It's not like ordering from a from Spooky or if you were to order from Multimorphic. Like they didn't think they were waiting a year when they ordered this. No, no, they so, got they, this was a surprise. And yeah. the thing is, is they're waiting. A, I mean, it, it's Cactus Canyon. It, it, it's no attack from Mars. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's no. Yeah. It is definitely not as high priority of a thing. I. It just. Yeah, without knowing more, it feels bumbling. It does. And because before, it, my impression was we're having trouble getting a part or parts to finish making it, which is less bumbling and more supply chain issue. But at this point, after they had indicated for quite a while now that they were getting the final pieces to do it was imminent, and then it sounded like they had them, and now they're still not going out. It's like... Uh, yeah, okay. and is it? I mean, and it they it could still be supply chain related. It could be that they switched up to a different part, and that part's not working right. Yeah, or it doesn't have the right capability. Yeah, it, and they, it could, it might it be could a be something like thing. that. But the thing is, is they're not saying they're just like, duh, you guys got to wait another six months. Yeah. And I don't know if they formally announced this either. This actually, from the way the article read, this is like sources that that Nap, of course, he he's got sources beyond right. sources. Uh, but he's like the spider in the web and everyone's coming yes. to him and giving him all the, yes, the juicy tidbits. What, what, what was the phrase that the, the spider in game of Thrones, what do you call the kids? His little birds. Yeah. His little, birds, his little birds, his little birds, has the little birds telling him everything. Okay. That's it for pinball news. So Woo-hoo, let's all right. So, um, Next thing, we actually had a query come in via Patreon from Proco, one of our Patreon subscribers. Remember, patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers, so you can be one of the cool kids. Uh, this is what he wrote to us. Hey, you two. I got another discussion. I don't know if he sounds like this, so apologies, Proco, but this is how I'm choosing to make you sound. 
I've got another discussion topic in case you're interested in talking about it. Actually, it's two, but both related to themes. Number one, smaller themes on individual games versus theme collections on a single game. For example, doing one game per Harry Potter book or film versus doing one Harry Potter game. Or how Zen Pinball has basically given each Star Wars character their own pinball machine versus Stern doing one Star Wars game. And number two, how this would translate to video game themes. For example, you would have to focus on one of the Far Cry games or one of the Assassin's Creed games or one of the Zelda games because they are all in different settings and have different mechanics. And even though the whole series is easily recognizable for people, making a game only on one entry might be too niche. There are some series, though, where making a collection game would work, like Sonic, Resident Evil, Pokemon, or Roller Coaster Tycoon, because the mechanics are consistent. So thank you, Proko, for the query. Yeah, I do actually see these basically united. He's just kind of... Was, yeah. His number two is diving more specifically into the idea of taking a video game concept and employing it in Pimba, which Roller Coaster Tycoon was done by Star. Right. It's probably the only... Not only, let me let me backtrack that. It's the, <laughs> it's the most recent example I am aware of of a commercially produced video game theme for a pinball machine. Right. So what are your... What are your thoughts on this? Like, what do you think of of doing an individual game or theme versus the 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 whole series? I like, think in several of these cases that were mentioned, I think it'd probably be best to do an individual uh, theme. Uh, like I said, like like if you're going to do a Far Cry game, which I wouldn't, but if you were going to do a Far Cry game. They're so spread out uh, in thoughts and themes, like the differences between, was it Far Cry Primal and Far Cry 5 and Far Cry 6? And the, the yeah, that they wouldn't really, I don't think they would pull together very well as part of a group thing. It'd be like the problem of trying to make a Grand Theft Auto pinball machine. That's like, which Grand Theft Auto do you make it off of? Uh, because there's just so many differences. But I also think at the same time, you're going to have to be very careful on how you pick. Because it is going to be niche and you need to be sure that you're picking the correct one. Like with Harry Potter, I think you'd probably be best doing the series as a whole, just a Harry Potter machine for the simple fact, you're never going to get a machine out for every movie or every book. It's just never going to happen. Uh, it's just, I, I think it's too much of an investment of time and money and while you're going to get your fair number of Harry Potter fans, what is Harry Potter fandom called? I don't know. Mm. That will want everything. I don't think that number, that group's going to be big enough. And most people don't have room in their collection to have seven Harry Potter machines. Uh, so I think pulling them on just the series as a whole, something like that makes sense. Uh, but then like if you were going to do, a Legend of Zelda. None of them tie together that great. I know there's like this grand unified theory of the Legend of Zelda, but it's still everything's so different. You'd have to, I think you'd have to pick one. And nowadays, if you were going to pick one, you would pick Breath of the Wild. I think that's pretty obviously if you were going to pick one, is what you would drop right now for a Legend of Zelda game. But yeah, no, I think, the big thing is going to be money and interest. 
because the development cost of a machine compared to how many you'll sell when things start getting niche. Yeah, I overall, I, I align pretty closely to, to what all you're saying. It definitely, much like Proco noted, it does depend a bit on the theme uh, in terms of which might be viable. Some things aren't going to collection stick very well, right. and that would preclude the ability to go individual. I would say in most instances, all things being equal, it is best to focus on one item as long as that one item that you can identify is the strong item again, much like you said. So in the case of legend of Zelda, uh, the obvious modern, what you'd expect Stern to pick would probably be breath of the wild. Super successful was a key cornerstone, uh, piece for the switch, mm-hmm. um, and is extremely popular. Now the alternative would be you go the nostalgia route, which means you either do the first legend of Zelda and base it around that, or you do the first one that was for the Super Nintendo where the rain was falling because that's also like an all-time classic favorite. Yeah. And you're going, your your logic there is, oh yeah, well, the people with money aren't the people who are pl- playing Beth- Breath of the Wild. That's a younger audience versus those that will have the nostalgia pull of like, I don't, well, I haven't played Breath of the Wild, but if I had played it, I would probably say this is a really good game, but I wouldn't have a nostalgia for it. My nostalgia is for the ones I played as a child. So there's weighing that just like we see Currently, like that's part of the reason why in his example of like Stern and Star Wars, well, doing the original trilogy and okay, it's a collection, but the trilogy is still like they didn't do all of Star Wars. They did the trilogy, (laughs) which again has you pull some iconic. I think it's easier for movies to go ahead. And that would be a difference. I would also say is with video games. I think it makes a lot more sense to do one game in particular. I mean, he cited like doing Resident Evil as a collection, but as you noted, even with the, I mean, the casts that are involved are involved in different games. It's easier to say, we're going to do Resident Evil 2 and we're going to focus on like Chris and Jill and we're going to do that versus, or Leon, I'm sorry, Leon and Jill versus if you like, if you want to involve Chris Redfield, then you need to start thinking about a different game instead rather than why would you bother blending? You're, you're making more work for yourself. But with our movies like John Wick as a series, Star Wars as a series, uh, lends itself a lot easier to to doing something like that. Well, just as a thought, what about when you look at games that have, that are set in a consistent, uh, well-developed world, would it be better to go off of a certain one or to create its own thing? Uh, for example, um, Elder Scrolls or Fallout mm. or, um, Neverwinter Nights. Right. Something like that. That, and that, your mentioning of Grand Theft Auto made me think of that too, actually. I'd say for open world games, it might make sense just to make up your own story and just bring in the elements of the mechanics in there. So rather than picking between Grand Theft Auto 4 and following Nico or Grand Theft Auto 5 and following the three guys in that, instead of saying, all right, we're going to do Grand Theft Auto and the play field will be Liberty City or something. You'll pick yeah. something like that. And then you'll be like, all right, yeah, there's going to be modes where you're boosting cars and there's going to be modes where you're doing hits and there's going to be escort missions, which will probably be as bad in pinball as they are and everything else. <laughs> and, and, you know, try and make it feel like the world of it. Kind of like what Stern did to the chagrin of many with Jurassic Park. But in this case, you're just like, no, no, we're not trying to tell. It's not the story in most of those games that, I mean, there might be elements like there will be parts of the story of Fallout 3 I like and the parts that I really like of, of Fallout New Vegas. But I think you could do a Fallout uh, game and just make me feel, am I fighting Death Claws and and having to control my rad count and stuff and 
just experiencing the world of Fallout, I think you could pull that off a lot easier doing a video game than you would like doing a movie. Right. And you know, if you're going to do that and it's pinball, then obviously it has to be set in Fallout Chicago. Mm, that would make sense. <laughs> that, that would make sense. So yeah, so again, it, it it very much comes down to to what you're what you're addressing. So, uh, but for most games, especially story driven games, I would just focus on one rather than trying to blend them. I just think it's cleaner, and then you just need to pick the most popular, either the most popular or maybe the most recent. Uh, ideally, it would be both. Like it's both most popular and most recent, or it's st- like Hollow Knight or something where it's all just standalone. You know, right? To, it's like oh yeah, well they're doing a whole new thing with uh, whatever song or silks. Silk's song or whatever her name is, but it's like, just do hollow night and just kind of make it all hollowy. I don't know. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but so we'll go yeah. for the easy converge, like Kirby's pinball adventure now is a real pinball machine. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think, um, but the, the key thing to remember, which I thought you emphasized most excellent to pull a bill and Ted, uh, line, uh, regarding Harry Potter is, you're not going to get all of the games so or movies or episodes of the show or whatever. So like in my mind, it does not make sense to go and explore, uh, you know, worrying about, well, should we do Goblet of Fire or should we do Sorcerer's Stone or whatever it was or Philosopher's Stone? I guess it depends on what country it was in. Um, that's like you're not getting seven Harry Potters. So. You can decide, should we just focus on one or should we focus on the whole series or a chunk of the series? And there are probably arguments there for a variety of things that that would motivate it. I think think part of the issue with a uh, with a show and why I mentioned like shows, I think it, it makes more sense to do our movies to make more sense doing a collection is a lot of times there's a lot in a movie, especially in a, in a series where there's like interconnect. A lot of the movie is interconnecting bits that aren't that interesting for like modes. So let's take James Bond, for example, like when you're thinking Goldfinger, do we really care all that much about the scene where pussy galore and Sean Connery's James Bond are talking on the airplane? Or do we think more about like when Fort Knox gets gassed, the laser about to cut his balls off all of the, you know, there are certain set pieces, which maybe you take three from that movie and then you take three from Russia with love and three, you see, right. It works better. Like, and that's where I, so like if we were talking Harry Potter, I'd say, yeah, you de- I agree with you. You definitely do the whole series as one game. You ain't getting seven games. You're already running a risk with the nicheness of Harry Potter, which I get it. It's, it's a surefire theme. Don't get me wrong, but do other than the most obsessive diehard FOMO, lack of self-control people who really want seven of them. I mean, it's a lot. Don't forget <laughs> that the sixth movie, Harry Potter and the, we spend the entire time in the 10th, the whole movie sucked. <laughs> and so did that chamber of secrets one. It sucked too. So there's two right there that shouldn't be games. They both have set pieces that would be important. That's why in a collection, there's elements that are worthwhile, but as a standalone game, no. By the way, thanks, Braco, for the question. That was a yeah. fun intellectual exercise. Well, Johnny, we only have one more thing. It's time for your your favorite part of the entire episode, and that would be Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Dennis Creasel's got the news beat. 
for Nap Arcade. Is that right, Tony? Yeah. Okay, I'm gotta, I gotta warn folks that uh, the rumors, they're getting kind of kind of rumory dry. We need more rumors, is what I'm saying. I need more rumors. So please write into eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com if you've heard an interesting rumor that you would like to be explored on Rumor Corner. And as I often remind people, remember, Rumor Corner is about rumortainment. It's not about truth. These are rumors. They are very sus. It's not truth We're not corner. claiming. It's not truth corner. 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 I can't even speak. These These could be full of lies and deceit. So acknowledge and understand these may very well be pure fiction. I did actually have someone email in saying, why does Rumor Corner have this part, Dennis, where you declare the potential fakeness of all the stuff being said, yet the song that leads it in says that Dennis has the news before nap. And I said, (laughs) well, look, first of all, we didn't commission that song. That just came in. (laughs) Secondly, me potentially having news before nap has nothing to do with rumor corner. That's just a simple separate statement that happened to work its way into the song. <laughs> we might have the news more before nap, but that's separate from rumor corner. The rest of the song is just the words rumor corner repeated over and over and over. Therefore, the song is honest in its own way, or as Obi-Wan would say, from a certain point of view. So here's a rumor that I have received from the rumor provider's point of view. Steve Ritchie. We know he's at JJP. I have often been joking that he's working on mid speed three because, you know, JJP <laughs> games don't play fast. Uh, but a sequel that was very popular high speed. Now I've also heard some speculation. I think we touched on it in rumor corner before, but if not, I'll bring it up here. Now there's been rumors going around that JJP has top gun and it would be logical given F 14 Tomcat that people would think Richie might be on that. You would think if that's indeed true. However, the latest rumor I've heard, and I've never heard this before, so I'm putting this in the full-on wuss category, <laughs> but I'm going to share it here because this is Rumor Corner, is that Steve Ritchie's next JJP game is actually a music pin, and it's Elton John. Rocket Man! I mean... I, I got to stop or else I'll get DMCA'd because I did that so perfectly. So perfectly. I mean... I... Can see Elton John. Hold me close, my tiny pinball. But it, <sighs> you could remix all the songs as pinball songs. Interesting. I mean, obviously, music pin for JJP makes sense. It GNR, does. like maybe aside from Wizard of Oz, which was so much cheaper compared to anything else they ever did, cost wise, and had so much in it, is like their most successful sales game. It's got to be GNR right. has to be. So I could see why they would want to go the route. And Elton John is a Kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. No, Elton John's a huge deal. Don't get me wrong. It just feels so different than the route every music pen has gone ever to go to Elton John. Yes. I've, I've no And clue. with Steve Ritchie. That's the other thing. Yeah. This and rumor it's was just so Steve weird. Like, That's so. But, but that being said, Steve Ritchie, which I often associate with kind of like harder rock sort of things like he did Aerosmith, for example. But he also did Elvis. He did do that pen. Yeah. So, and Elvis is rock, but it's, you know, not by today's standard would be in any way seen as hard rock. No. Uh, so, and Elton John's is, is soft rock. So, um, and given how JJP's play soft rock makes sense to me, but like thematically their flippers will feel right at home with the latest and greatest, uh, soothing sounds of the seventies and eighties. But maybe, maybe the rumor is only partially true. 
and there is an Elton John tie-in, but he's actually doing a pinball based on the movie The Rock because it's you. You're the rocket man. Yeah, I did think about. I would, I would love the scene with what is that actor's name? He played Candyman. Oh, and he's been in Star yeah. Trek a ton. A as, ton. Yeah, I can't remember his name oh, off the top gosh. of my head. Shoot. Uh, but anyway, I think I could see that on the on the JJP screen where he's w- waving the knife in front of the rocket, and <laughs> tossing it from hand to hand, and be like, a good little Easter egg. Kind of like how sometimes in in Godzilla, when you uh, are supposed to see the uh, Exilians or whatever they're called, and, and instead there's a goat that's yeah. sitting there, maybe like that, but you know, with the rock. Welcome to the rock. <laughs> anyway. Uh, whether or not it's partially true, totally true, or totally untrue, all I need to know is, was it rumor-tainy to you? Man, The Rock's a good movie. It's just yes, but a was the Elton John rumor rumor-tainy? Oh, yeah, no, that's completely rumor-tainy, okay. but now now, okay. I'm, now I'm fixated on the concept of, right. of you got to get the timing right. There's things, there, there. there's a ball lock where everything moves. You got to get the timing right, like going through the... The, the little I wish they would to do, get up there and get the ball. I caught, want the ball the, lock. I want the ball to be custom, like the black Navi ball. I want him to look like the VX gas ball. Oh, the little green. green yeah, yeah. Green, green pinball. Oh, that'd be that. That'd be that'd be so cool. Do you know, I actually had someone uh, message me saying they hated the rock. They thought it was terrible. They felt dumber watching it. I mean, there's another pinball podcast host. It's not Zach either. I mean. Zach doesn't need to say anything. He thinks Crudes too is like worthy of an Oscar. So. <laughs> so. I mean, it's not a smart movie. It's a fun movie. It's a. It's a. I. Th- I argued on the last. <laughs> I mean, you don't know this because you don't listen to the show. But on the last pinball show, I had argued that The Rock is like the greatest action movie. And I think okay. it's. Michael, I think it's Michael Bay's best film. I w- It is Michael Bay's best film. It's not the greatest action movie. What's the greatest action movie? Die Hard. That's a good argument. And, but, and I've argued that Die Hard should have had a pinball machine. I mean, honestly, that Die Hard didn't get a pinball machine in the 80s is I can only attribute to the fact that pinball was in one of its slumps. Right. Because that movie, yeah. <laughs> you'd think by Die Hard 2, they'd have done it. But right. they never did. Uh, shocking. Uh, yeah. And I think that one would still sell. But of course, uh, given uh, what's happened with Bruce's health, right. he be able, I don't think he could do call outs at this point. But well, we find someone else. We find someone yeah. else. Yeah, but I no, I I think I no, I think I consider Die Hard perhaps the greatest action movie of all time. That's good. It is good. Well, video games. Let's get to the greatest action of this podcast because I didn't have much in pinball. Well, I've got a lot more in video games you than do. I initially thought. <clears throat> I'm going to open up. We had a request on Facebook, really, from John Brand for some recommendations for PS5 games. So here's a caveat: I don't have a PS5. Mm. Dennis doesn't have a PS5. Mm. So uh, a lot of these are going to be games that I either played on my PS4 uh, or games that are available on multi-platform. Mm. Uh, but I will say the God of War games. Mm. You, you should really play the God of War games. They're really good. Uh, the new one's just coming out. Uh, uh, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, the previous one was great. Uh Similar vein, similar st- kind of open world thing is the Horizon Zero Dawn games. I, I love a those games. A couple of those out now, yeah. Yeah, those are great. Um, Spider-Man. Best game, my favorite game I've ever I, I, I've played on console 
since like, I don't know, maybe sometime in the 90s. Mini Ninjas. Yeah, it, it, Mini Ninjas. <laughs> you loved Mini Ninjas. Mini Ninjas was good. I, I will admit, Mini Ninjas was a, way more fun than that game had any right to be. But the Spider-Man game, uh, I know they recently put out a remastered edition for PS5, and there is a new one out uh, based around Miles Morales uh, that's either out or coming out. Uh, and I would recommend it. That's if you like if you like superheroes, you like Marvel. They got the web slinging right. They they got it was a ton of fun. Uh, that game had a fast travel system, and I almost never used it because the swinging through the city was so much fun mm. that I pretty much never fast traveled. Uh, that game was a lot. And uh, if you're into the really hard stuff, the get good noob style of games, uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Elden Ring are both beautiful and amazing to look at. And I'm terrible at them because those get good noob games are bad for me. I mean, it's not that they're bad. I'm just, I'm, I can't, I don't have the skills necessary for it. Um, depending upon your, I mean, I don't think PS five is necessarily the best choice if you're into like racing games. Cause I think Xbox has the better racing series. Uh, but PS five does have Gran Turismo mm-hmm. five. I think it is whatever the new what grant, whatever the yeah. new Gran Turismo is. And I've heard good things about it. Um, there's also for older games. If you like star Wars, the Jedi fallen order, uh, which has a Jedi survivor, the sequel coming out next year, both good. Also in the open world and kind of fun style game. And obviously if you like first person shooters, you have your choice of all of the good, the call of duties and the battlefields and all of that stuff. I don't really play any of those, so I can't really recommend any of them in particular. Since we're talking about the P- the PlayStation five though, Sony has announced that PlayStation VR two will be releasing in February, uh, with a decent list of games, uh, and several other games getting patches to give them VR capabilities for VR two at launch, including no man's sky. Um, but you want that VR two, you're going to have to dig deep into the wallet because, uh, it's $550 for the pre-order. Wow. That's over a fourth of a Mandalorian topper. I know. What are you going to do? I mean, you could get, you know, just like a tiny piece of the Mandalorian topper yeah. for that. A quarter of it. <laughs> one of the stickers. <laughs> get one of the stickers. This, this is one of those things that makes like talking about between the video games and pinball so interesting because yeah. it's like, because it's like. They raised they they raised price. The PS five's now five hundred dollars, and you're like, uh, so what? Uh, I've got three pinball machines on order. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it, it, you can get you can get a little uh, price shock doing comparisons between yeah. the two. But the, there's a reason why video games have a lot more people buying them. Yes, it's there not is. just space. <laughs> they are far more affordable. Better economies of scale. Overwatch two. Have a, they announced uh, at their financial earnings that they have 35 million players in the first month of Overwatch 2 being active, considering they had 25 million in the first week. Okay. Uh, they did have to remove another character from play. May was disabled uh, for a couple weeks. I don't know if she's back in yet or not, but should be pretty soon. 
if not due to an exploit found with her ice wall, just like mm-hmm. in Overwatch one. Yeah, she's with, had a few problems. They before. found that her I, ice wall had. I can't remember if she's back or not. I don't. Uh, she's so not a good choice currently yeah. that I wasn't playing her anyway. She can't freeze anymore. Right. And the, so. and with the with the crowd control changes, that hurts her because that was her. Yeah, that was her thing. That was her shtick. I mean, I, I used her a little bit early on and I still had some success, but she's just not that. Yeah. She's not a meta pick. So. Right. You know me, I'm only picking meta. Yeah, that's how you roll. You roll meta. Yeah, she's she's not Bastion level of broken where she's out of the game and just completely gone. Yeah, they did bring Bastion back though. He is back. Oh, he is back. Yes. And how that work out? It's fine. Okay. His ult sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's, t- just, it's just like you got you feel really bad if you die to his ult. <laughs> uh. We talked last episode about Square Enix following up with their still pushing hard on their. On their NFTs, mm. and they've now announced their first interactive NFT project. FTX? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Nate>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, crypto bros. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Man, too soon. Okay. Sorry. Go they, on. They announced, they, they announced a game they're calling Symbiogenesis. Uh, it's going to launch in the spring as a browser-based game on PC and mobile. So, uh, really, a browser-based <laughs> game. It makes me think of Flash games from the early year. Yeah. Flash games oh, early yeah. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> they're going to be using the Ethereum blockchain, and uh, your characters are... We'll be collecting digital art, and there's an interactive story <laughs> where you will be going through, and it will bring up questions regarding the monopolization and distribution of resources on the blockchain and NFTs. We can't talk. We got to talk about how much you monopolize, you know, this resource as you use energy to buy an NFT in your more in your browser. <laughs> oh, oh so good so good squares also had some issues uh they dropped the uh big trailer for final fantasy 16 mm-hmm. and um some people have taken a little offense at it mm. uh, they noticed that there's one female and every single character is white uh and they brought that up there's only one one woman in it in the trailer. Wow! Oh, I mean that's very atypical for even historic Final Fantasy games. Right. Usually the roster has been like split yeah. gender wise at least. Yeah. No, in, in the huh. trailer, there is like I only recognize saw one. Okay. Of course, there was. To be fair, it's a Final Fantasy game. There were several very effeminate men, mm-hmm. so there could have been more than one. Mm-hmm. But only there was only one obvious one, uh, and everybody was white. And the Yoshida, the game director, addressed the issue in an interview with IGN. Uh, he said that the question was not unexpected, but they had decided to keep the game to a limited scope, being set in a single landmass, geographically and culturally isolated from the rest of the world. He said, and I quote, Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valisthea was important, an over-incorporation into the single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. 
The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it is also rooted in reality. It can be challenging to assign distinctive ethnicities that I just pronounced terribly to either antagonist or protagonist without triggering audience preconceptions, inviting unwarranted speculation, and ultimately stoking flames of controversy. In the end, we simply want to focus to we want the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people. People who are complex, diverse in their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, and motivations. People whose stories we can resonate with. There is diversity in Valisthenia, diversity that, while not all encompassing, is synergistic with the setting we've created and is true to the inspirations from which we are drawing. That has brought some uh Rather firm comments online because the game is heavily based in medieval Europe and the lots of commenters about, you know, there, there, there were persons of color in Europe in the middle, in the middle ages. Uh, and that with the game being rooted in reality means there can be no persons of color, but magic giant monsters, that's all very real and very much acceptable. Yeah. This is a, if they were doing a game that was, you know, historically grounded, they might have an argument. Like, let's say they were, let's say your party was all members of, of Axis fighting forces, for example. <laughs> you probably have an excuse for them all being men, right. maybe all being white. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're focusing on particular countries, uh, military, for example. But when you're saying you're doing a fantasy game and you're saying you're grounding it in reality, it's <laughs> you're like, well, okay, so you're grounding it in, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Let me just say, I'm not surprised at the backlash because it doesn't found, it doesn't feel like a very good excuse to me. It's more like we didn't think about it instead of saying, Oh, we didn't think about that. They're making it sound like they did think about it. And that this was the right answer. And like, right. I don't, it's tough. I mean, cause again, this was the same thing that, that came about with people whining about things like house of the dragon. And it's like, why is this person, this color or this gender? And it's like, they're dragons, you know, right? Like, the rules, the rule, whatever rule you're trying to apply, I don't think it works this way because this is fiction, right? Fantasy fiction. Like if we were, we were talking about like what something happened in 1940s on Okinawa, you'd have a different argument if you had like a bunch of white people running around when they shouldn't be there, right? But it's, it's different when you're in uh, Valisthea, right? Uh, it's a similar <laughs> argument with the that happened with the uh, Wheel of Time TV show mm. where. Several of their characters were of various ethnicities. I just cannot say that word today. There were a bunch of people who of different ethnic persuasion than people had meant pictured in their mind. And it turned into this whole huge thing. And even when people went back and were like looking at the descriptions of the characters in the book, at no point did it ever say what their skin color was or anything. Or at most, it was said had a darker complexion. That was it. There were several people. It was like, yeah, this person is like a pasty white redhead mm -hmm. uh, 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 on several people. But there are others where there is no description anywhere in that two and a half million words of what their skin color is. And people are still raging. It just uh, it's it's interesting to me because it seems so, so different. And I was, from how I, I remember other scenarios, I'm going to use a. Uh, an interesting case in point is like uh, Jeffrey Deaver, mm -hmm. his Lincoln Rhyme books. He wrote Lincoln Rhyme as a white man, but because Denzel Washington played him in The Bone Collector, and that was a lot of people's first exposure to it, that's how a lot of people started to picture him in mm -hmm. the books. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think he may have quit describing the guy's skin color later on because he's like, 
People just think of Denzel now when I they read my books. I was like, they're buying my books. <laughs> More power to right. them. They can think of whoever they want. Yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't the important aspect of the character. I mean, so, look at Nick Fury. Nick Fury is an interesting one because Marvel obviously pivoted to yeah. uh, actually starting to draw Nick Fury like Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. which is not his historic look. No, no. So, I mean, because because like Nick Fury from the Marvel Ultimates universe, which was one of the side universes where everything started over and was different, was modeled to look like Samuel L. Jackson before Samuel L. Jackson was Nick Fury. And then when they made Nick Fury, they made Samuel L. Jackson mm. Nick Fury. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, okay. Well, Square, I they're making some interesting choices lately. They have been, it has been so weird, but still with their latest financial thing, as always, overall, their income is falling from everything except for Final Fantasy fourteen, mm-hmm. which has been, which was also directed by Yoshida and has a massive amount of diversity of races and characters and massive customization. So it is well seen from the diversity standpoint because well, uh, so that's it's the just, thing that's, it's an it, interesting, this is not, it's not something that square historically had an issue with. I don't, I don't feel. I don't remember hearing a lot of complaints. Maybe you, you follow Square more closely than me. There, there's been some stuff because, like in the single player Final Fantasy games, uh, there's not there's not been a lot of diversity uh, uh, of the ethnic sort. There's there's lots of you know male female diversity, but I mean most of the other diversity is either side characters or. Uh, People who don't necessarily like Barrett uh, mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy VII didn't necessarily come off well and came off very much as a stereotype mm. uh, with his actions and everything. But yeah, it's not typically been hit as hard as it has been uh, recently. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're still going to sell a whole ton of games. I probably, uh, I don't know how many of these browser games will get played, but we'll see about that. I mean, browser games. I know there are some really complicated involved browser games out there. Uh, they exist, but wow. They're they're This is their choice and they're just, and their plan is for that to start. That's the first game in a new franchise. And it's going to be a browser game. Weird, 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 weird. Um, we talked earlier about Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Very fun game. Uh, and its sequel. Uh, Sony's reportedly in talks with NCSoft, uh, the publishers of Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2, about making a Horizon Zero Dawn MMO. Hmm. Which okay. I think would probably go over really popular. It could. It could. Uh, it, they've got a well fleshed out, interesting world in Horizon Zero Dawn, and it could be a good place for that. So I'll be kind of interested to see what happens with that one. And uh, also, we got a release about the best part of January. Awesome games done quick. Uh, they're running the eighth through the fifteenth of January, and they have announced the preliminary schedule. Oh, okay. Um, starting at eleven a.m. on the eighth. 
with an any percent Splatoon 3 run, followed by an any percent Breath of the Wild run. Um, I, I, I'm already interested. The very first bonus game up for grabs is a 300% Cuphead run. <laughs> hmm. uh, they've got uh, just some of the ones that I picked out randomly. Uh, they've got an any percentage, no slots Final Fantasy 7 run. I think it's been a number of years since we've seen a Final Fantasy 7 run. Uh, they've got an any percent a glitchless Pokemon red and yellow run. My daughter will be looking forward to that. Uh, a Fallout 3 all quest run. Oh, wow. And that, that feels like it's going to take all night. But it, it's not. It, it's time set is pretty low, hmm. like surprisingly low. I'm assuming since it's an all quest run, but they don't say anything else. I'm assuming they're going to be using that weird Final Fantasy 3 glitch. Or not Final Fantasy three. The word Fallout three glitch, where if you walk, there's these glitches where if you're at the right place at the right time, you can literally jump to the opposite side of the map. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Before. So I'm I'm guessing it's going to use something like that. But I thought it'll be interesting. <laughs> They're doing a power wash simulator, six player, all vehicles, no soap run. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever. It sounds. It just sounded insane to me. Uh, and they set up a really strong finish. Uh, on the 15th, on Saturday, their final games are going to be uh, Half-Life Alex run, Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, Old Souls run, A Link to the Past, 100% run, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, All Lords run, and they're going to finish with Super Mario Brothers 3, Any Percent Warpless. I assume that'll be a race between four I'm, people. I'm assuming. That's how they often do. Those are usually pretty good. So it'll be, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to, that's the thing is like summer games done quick. I tend to miss a lot, but I, I try to get as watch as much of the awesome games done quick. Summer games done quick does worse. Um, and just in general, probably cause a lot of people are on vacation and doing other things in the summer and in January, most people are not doing yeah. <laughs> anything else. <laughs> They're like, I'm just going to yeah, sit and here they, and, and they usually can tell by the fundraising numbers too. So. Right. So, and just to finish up today, a little interesting tidbit on the Microsoft buyout of Activision Blizzard. Mm. Uh, The EU has decided they need to take a deeper look into the merger. Uh, They finished their preliminary investigation and the questions that came back about how much it's going to affect or possibly affect other players in the publishing world has made them decide to open up a deeper dive. Mm investigation okay so uh it didn't get the quick glance rubber stamp that i think microsoft was hoping for in the eu that's not a surprise really okay so there we are short show yep super short and if you want to comment about how short we were you can always email us at collectorgamerspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to facebook.com slash podcast and use a messenger tool to send messages about what ps5 games you think Tony needs to recommend to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, de- definitely. Cause I can tell you right now, just by looking at the PS five games, I recommended that I play single player open world games. Yes. Hiding the tall grass games. You, you might've noticed. So, uh, I've been Tony and I'm Dennis and goodbye everybody. See ya.